Okay, Baruch Hashem. Oh, amen, amen, alavai. Okay, beautiful. Here we go. Today's daf is daf lamid, page thirty in the Heiligim Meseches Kedushin, and we are on daf lamid, approximately. Let's call it eight lines from the top of the Omud. Okay, we're at the two dots. We're at the colon, and we are up to Ad Hechan. So we just were uh, in, involved in a fascinating uh, sugya, fascinating topic, describing the mitzvah. Uh, uh, which mitzvahs have kadima, which means which mitzvahs come first, if you have two mitzvahs that come your way. We gave an example of a father and a son who need to learn Torah. So we said if a father and a son need to learn Torah, the father takes care of his Torah first. Now, one thing I didn't mention yesterday is that the Mepharshim say this is as long as, the commentators say this is as long as the father's fulfilled the basic education, Torah education for his son. So now we're dealing with advanced education and you have enough to take care of yourself or your son, you come first. Unless your son has specific uh, qualities to allow him to be more successful in Tyra, then, then he will go first. And then we went through the sources of how we know that a, uh, we all, not then, but we also went through the sources of how we know a father is obligated to teach his son Tyra, not, not the mother, and we're continuing on that topic. And the question now is, to what extent, how much Tyra? How much Tyra is the responsibility of the parent? The chiyuv and the pasuk, the obligation of the pasuk, where the parent could then say, "I fulfilled my duties as a as a dad." Ad heichon chayiv adam lamedes benayter. How far until where is a person obligated to teach us on Torah? Am Ravida Marshmol kigain zevulon ben don. You're obligated to do like zevulon ben don. Okay. Now Rashi says this was a fellow that they all knew in the times of the Gemara. So all you got to do is mention his name. And what happened by the Zavulan ben Dan? Shalimdai avi avi aviv. His Zayda, his grandfather, learnt with him Mikra, Chumish, Mishnah, Mishnayis, the Talmud, Halachais, Va'agadais, Gemara, Halacha, and Agadita. So you know what the Gemara answers? Everything. Your child must have a well-rounded knowledge of Chumash, Mishnah, Halacha, Gemara, because you know something? The purpose of Taira is to bring it to action and for it to make sense. And if you're just going to learn Chumash by itself, without the explanation of Mishnah and Gemara, it's not going to have its total value. You're not going to be able to walk away completely. So how far? She says, look at Zvulam ben Don. He was Zeicha, he had the tremendous merit that his grandfather taught him. Now this is interesting, it doesn't say his father. It says his grandfather. So the Gemara soon is going to discuss, interesting, the role of a grandfather. Meisvei, that's a challenging question. If a father already taught his child Chumash, there's no obligation to teach your child Mishnayis. So the Gemara is asking a challenging question. We said, how much do you need to teach a kid? And we said, oh, Chumash, Mishnayis, Gemara, Allah, Allah, says the Gemara, it's not true. The Brisa says, teach him Chumash and you're done. Says the Gemara, Kizvulam ben Don, Velay Kizvulam ben Don. That the truth is, when we're looking at the, what we'll call lucky, Zvulam ben Don, that he had the tremendous chus, that his Zayda, learned all this Torah with him, it doesn't mean that we have to be mamish like Zulam ben Don. That's not why we're using him as an example. Rather, 
Kiz Vulumbendan, where do we say it should be like Zulumbendan Shalim Dayaviyaviv? That we're saying, you know how far Tara goes? Not only to his old man, to his father's old man. The Zayda. His grandfather taught him Tara. That's how long as Zulumbendan. We thought the question was Adhechan. How far? We thought, we, you, know what you, were, you know what we were uh, referring to? That's right, Rabbi. You know what we were referring to? Not the type of Tyra, but how many generations? It says, oh, even the Zayda, that's Adhechan. Not only the father, the grandfather is obligated to make sure the grandchild has Torah in his life as well. The like is Willem and Don, but the, there's. Does that mean that if the father is teaching the child, then the grandfather has to add on? Oh, very that? good. So, so Yale's, Yale's making an interesting point that I want to wait to answer because this, there's going to be a, a big conversation on this right now, a fascinating conversation. But let's just mention Yale's question. Yale says, what if the father is fulfilling his duties to teach the child? What does that obligate the grandfather? To add on? Or does it mean that if the father's not doing it, then the grandfather steps in? Very good. Let's, let's keep that, that uh, uh, lack of clarification in mind as we keep learning through this. But like his woman, but the obligation is not like his woman, when it comes to the chiv of Talmud Torah, it includes the grandfather, but the basic obligation is in psukim. Okay, it says more like this. Is a grandfather responsible to teach a grandson Torah? You have a mitzvah, you have an obligation to teach your son's Torah, and what are we going to darshan? What's the drasha? It seems to imply not your grandchildren. There's as you teach your children. It seems to imply I don't need to take care of my, uh, make sure my grandson gets a Torah education. I in Devarim as well. It says you should teach your sons and your sons' sons. The two psukim seem to be a contradiction. You know the vart. It's just coming to teach you. When a grandfather learns Torah with a grandson, I'm, I'm sorry, anybody who learns Torah with his son. When a father learns Torah with a son, now we don't know where our children are going to end up in life. We don't know the journey that their Banshom is going to take them on. But we do know what we can do. When we learn Torah with our children, the Torah considers it as if I learn Torah with every future generation that comes from me. Because everything that's given over will now have the ability to continue. And that's my responsibility. My responsibility is to put into this child the ability as well to keep teaching. Okay? But again, what's the question? The question seems to imply a grandfather has no mitzvah, no obligation. I mean, it's a mitzvah to learn Torah in general. But a specific obligation on a grandfather to teach a grandson Torah, it seems to imply not. So the Gemara says, no. Tana Shmuel holds like the following Tana. The Tana we learned in the Brayso. You should teach your children. Before we said, but not your grandchildren. Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. In the I learned from this pasuk. There's a mitzvah to teach your sons. I know there's even a mitzvah to teach your grandchildren. You should let them know. Your sons know and your grandsons know. One second, if there's a mitzvah to teach even your grandchildren Torah. So why did Torah say, Why did we only mention sons in that pasuk? Why not mention even grandchildren? Says the Gemara, it doesn't mean sons to the exclusion of grandsons. It means sons, and not daughters. Not excluding grandsons. 
We're excluding the girls. The girls have no chiv of limar atayra. And therefore, there's no contradiction in the apostle. Again, we thought we had a contradiction. It says in the apostle, teach your sons. Oh, not your grandsons. But now the apostle says, do your grandsons. It says, well, no, the first apostle which says sons, don't darsha to me, not grandsons. Yes, grandsons. So why does it say sons, not girls? You want to how should the girl girls acquire knowledge? Steve's asking, how should a girl acquire knowledge? The answer is, in the home. In the home, by watching her parents. Watching her parents, learning halacha, you learn in the home too. But the Iker mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the, the, Iker, the main mitzvah of Talmud Torah, that's for, the, that's for the boys. It's a long conversation in and of itself. It has a lot to do with, I'll just give a little taste, it has a lot to do with das and bina. A lot to do with das and bina. A man's das is always stronger than his bina, and therefore it's always a responsibility to ensure that the das is satisfied. That the das is educated. A woman's bina is always stronger than her das. And therefore, what's crucial for a woman is that her bina is educated. That's the intuition, that's the understanding of what a Jewish home is supposed to look like, what a Jewish child is supposed to look like, the, the uh, culture, the environment of Klal Yisrael, those things you can't teach in a classroom. You can get a taste of it in a classroom. But those things really need to be imparted through living with people, through learning with people. That's a little, that's where, there's a lot more to say on this topic, obviously. But that's not the Iker Mitzvah of Limerat Torah. Anybody teaches his grandchild Torah, the Torah considers it as if he personally received the Torah from Arsinai. As it says, You should teach your sons and your grandsons Torah. And the next Pasuk says, like the day that you stood in front of Hashem your God at Chayrev at Har Sinai. Now, what does it mean your mom is standing at Har Sinai? I don't know. I'm not there. Maybe I'll be benched that one day. Maybe I'll, be, I'll have the schos of having a grandson. Only the Rabbanishel knows we could just dive. However, one thing that I know from Shul, when I see grandfathers who have a schos to sit down and learn Torah with their grandchildren, you mamish see Harsinai. I need you to, to feel what I'm saying over here. When you see fathers learning with their sons, I don't feel Harsinai. I don't feel it. When you see grandfathers learning with grandsons, you feel Harsinai. The purpose of Harsinai was for Messiah, was to be transmitted. There was an edelkite, there was a sweetness, there was, there was a varm, there was a varmkite of, of, of receiving Tyra and the, the Messiah of giving it over, which is. As much as it's a mitzvah of a father on Torah with his child, it's not the same as a father as a grandfather who has his chos to sit down learning Torah with a grandson. There's a certain there's a certain warmth that can exist and a mesira tradition that can exist between a between a grandparent and a grandchild that's simply not there between a parent and a child. There's something that grandparents mamish add and uh, and and uh, uh, bring to the table. It's no small thing. It's don't, don't I mean anybody who has the chos. It's mamish. It's not something to anybody's demerit. It's not something whoever's not something to take for granted. Not something to take for granted. I never had the schuss of having grandparents. Maybe I, that's why I feel so so uh, um, uh, connected with this. All my parents, all my friends' grandparents, like became my my zaydis. I had the tremendous schuss to be born to mature people. My parents weren't young anymore uh, when I was when I was born. I, I had one my bubby parent, Bliyan Hara, lived a, a a nice long life. So I had the schuss to get to know her a little bit. Uh, towards the end of her life, 
Uh, she lived well into her hundreds. But my other grandparents were, uh, were gone before I was born. When I see grandparents learning with grandchildren, it's mamish. You mamashi. You mamashi, Messiah. You see, Harsina. It's a, it's a hilly good thing. Rechia Baraba. Huh? There were women at Harsina. That's right. But there's no, there's no obligation. So we're not going to. Avada, it's the same thing. With a, a bubby with a granddaughter working together, you know, in, in the same home and, and interacting in a productive way. It's the same thing. I have the, I have the say, it's the same thing. But. Over here, we're referring to the Torah, which was given at Harsinai, and that's being—that's the obligation of a grandfather to a grandson. The grandmother doesn't have the obligation, even though she, she stood at Harsinai. That's her. right; she transmits the Messiah. She transmits the condition, the the tradition of what it means to be a yid. That's what the grandmother is there for, with her bina, with her bina. The grandfather is there with the Torah. Rav Chiyah Barab Ashkad of Yeshua ben Levi. Who was wearing a handkerchief on his head? The commander, the Yunuka Lebekinishon, who was carrying his Yunuka, is carrying a small child. Over here, it's referring to his grandchild, Rashi says. He was bringing him to Cheder. Says Rashi, it looked a little funny. Why? Because what happened was he threw kind of like a headscarf on his head. It looked like he was running out of the house, like he ran out in her rush. What we'd call in our day and age, his shirt untucked, his slippers on, and he's getting his grandchild over to yeshiva. Amar Leis, Rabbi Rabbah said, "My kuli hai, what do you, what's the, why you, why do you got to throw this on your head? Your mamish looked like you didn't even want to tuck your shirt, and you're in such a rush." Amar Lei, mi zuter, is it is it small? Is it little? What's the shot in the Pesach that says, He says, if you had Tyra at Arsina, you're not going to run, get it. You're not going to take your time to start tying your shoes. You get over to Arsina, I'd be Makabal the Tyra. I got my grandchild to take the yeshiva. I'm going to get him there as fast as possible. There's no time to schlep around. After Achiel Baraba heard this lesson from Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi about the importance and the beauty of teaching his grandchild, taking his grandchild to yeshiva, from that, t- from that encounter on, which by the way is a big message, you have an encounter, the Rosh sending you a message, what am I going to do about it? Now what? So somebody taught me something, so now what? From there on forth, he did not, we'll call it, did not eat breakfast. He did not eat breakfast, until he had reviewed with his grandchild the Torah that he learned the day before, and helped him prepare for the next day's Torah. That was that became his that became his ikr before he before he ate breakfast. Rabbi Baravuna leitom umtza ad demaisi the nukel beisemedrish. He wouldn't eat breakfast until he uh, made sure that his grand his grandson was in yeshiva. Amar of Safra Mishum Mishum Ben Chananya. My dechsev was from the pasuk which says Vishinantom Venachi Shishim to your children Al Tikrei Vishinantom Ella Vishilashtom. Don't only read it Vishinantom. Vishinantom means to teach it well. Okay. The word vishinantam is an acronym of vishinan, is to learn, right, tam, complete. To learn it complete. So it also means vishilashtam. Okay, what's pshat in, uh, in uh, vishilashtam? To third it, so here we go. A person should third his years. Shlish b'mikra, shlish b'mishta, shish Spend a third of your life focused on understanding chumash, Spend a third of your life then focused on understanding Mishnah. Spend a third of your life focused on understanding Gemara. Okay. What's the obvious question? 
How do you know how long you're here? How do we know how long we're here? How long is the car ride? We don't know. Every day. Oh, you don't know how long you're living. And for the Gemara, Rabiel's answer, it's referring to each day. Every day that a person learns Taira, you have to stick with the basics. Chumash, Mishnah, Gemara. Which, by the way, is also a message that every day should be viewed as your entire life. Each day should be viewed as your entire life. You shlish it, you divide it. Zok the Gemara Vaiter. Lefikach. Nikru Rishainim Seifim. Therefore, the earlier tzaddikim were called Seifim. Seifim is translated as a... What's a Seifim? A scribe. What is the literal meaning of the word Sofer? Lisaper is to count. It's to count. It's numbers. The earlier tzaddikim were called Seifim. Why? Shayu Seifim Kala Isiya they counted all the letters in the Torah. The Gemara is now segueing away from the topic of grandparents to grandchildren. Shayu Aimrim, they would say, Vav de Gachain. The letter Vav in the word Gachain. Okay? This is referring to the laws of Kashrus in Sefer Vayikra. Yeah, Parsha Shmini has a lot of laws of Kashrus. So it says, Kol Heilech al Gachain. Every animal that goes on its belly. Is a shek, you're not allowed to eat. It's not kosher. The word, the, the, the vav of gachin, himel ches vav nun, chetzion that is the center letter of a safer Torah. That's how well they knew Torah. Vav is the center letter? Yeah, the middle letter of the safer Torah, if you count all the letters in Torah, the center letter is going to be a vav in the word gachin, in Parshish in, in Shemini. Darash Darash, and the words in Sefer Bayikra of Darash Darash, this is referring to the animals on Yom Kippur, the carbonus of Yom Kippur. So it says, Vimseir Hachatos Darash Darash Maisha Bini Serif. Maisha asked about the Seir Chatos, about the, the male Chatos offering. Okay. So, I lost the place, I'm sorry. That's Chetzion Shel Teves. That's the center word. Now, Darash Darash. It's two words. Darash Darash, that's the center word. Okay. And was Gachon Who? Gachon. Belly. Vihizgalach. The word Vihizgalach, um, which is referring to a Mitzayra who has to shave himself as part of his uh, Tsaras process. That is Shal Psukin. That is the center Pasuk in the Torah. Yichar Semenu Chazir Miyahar. Yichar Semenu Chazir Miyahar is uh, from Tehillim. In the Perek uh, Capital Pei. Yichar Semenu Chazir Miyahar. Ayin de Ya'ar Chetzion Shal Tehillim. The Ayin of the letter Ya'ar is the middle letter of Tehillim. V'hu Rachu Michaper Ovain. It's the middle of the psukim. Okay? By Rabbi Yosef, listen to this. Rabbi Yosef asked a, a curiosity question. Vav de gachain mehai gisa mehai gisa. So you say it like this. If I'm counting to ten, what's the middle number? None. There is no middle. There's no middle. 
five and six are the most center. So Gemara's question is, when we say the Vav of Gachain is the middle letter, does it mean it's Mamish the middle? Or does it mean it's a middle letter? And if it is a middle letter, then we want to know, is it counted with the first half of the Torah or the second half of the Torah? Amrulay, they said to him, let's bring a Sefer Torah and we'll, uh, we'll count. We'll get cracking. We have work to do. Rabbi Abrahana said, that's what we should do. Yeah, if you don't have an answer, go get a Sefer Torah and let's go count. Amar Lahu, he said to them, by them, it made sense to bring the Torah because they knew exactly the Chaseres and Yaseres. Chaseres and Yaseres are... There's times where words in the Torah will be spelled one way, for example, with a vav, and sometimes without a vav. So when you're a bucky, and you're, they were experts in which words had vav or without a vav, it made sense for them to bring a Sefer Torah. But Anan loy bikiyin. But we can't make an exact counting on this because we might be off. And therefore, what I want to know, says your basic, is do we have a Messiah? Don't bring me a Sefer Torah. Do we have a tradition of which side of the Torah the vav is on? By Rabbi Yosef, and he asked another question, searching for information. Vehizgalach, we said Vehizgalach is the middle pasuk. Mehai gisa and mehai gisa. Which first half of the Torah is second half? Oh, let's bring a Torah and we'll count how many psukim. So, so he says psukim You can't count psukim. You know why? Because there's no periods in a Torah. Right? There's no period to end the pasuk. And listen to this; it's fascinating. This is We have we have Parakutes, Pasuk Tes and Yud, a Pasuk Tes. We have it down as one Pasuk. But he says in Eretz Yisrael, they divided this one Pasuk into three parts. And therefore, since there's no periods, for us we'll count it one way, and Eretz Yisrael will count it a different way, and therefore I don't need you to bring me a Torah, because again, we'll just end up being a Machlekes over how many Pesukim are on each side. I won't know if we have a Messiah in that way too. Okay, now, once the Gemara got into numbers and counting of the Torah, we're going to get into other Svarim HaKadoshim as well. Holy Svarim. Tanur Abarim, Rabbis, Dern, Soshui. Chameshes alafim, five thousand. Shmaina meyos, eight hundred. Ushmaina mushmaina eighty-eight. Five thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight. You heard it here first. Psukim have psuki sefer So somebody would ask you, how many psukim are there in a sefer Torah? Says the brisa, five thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight. Yasser love tehillim shmaina. You want to know how many verses there are in tehillim? Eight more. Okay, so 5,896. And the book of Divrei Ayamim has eight less. So 5,880. Okay? It's all, uh, the, these three are all uh, pretty similar. What does Vishinantam mean? That Vishinantam, your learning should be sharp in your mouth. If somebody asks you a question, in Torah, al tegam game, you shouldn't have to hem and haw. You should be able to answer, uh, in order to answer, you should be able to respond right away. As it says, top of Amud Beis. Yeah. 
So what is Emr Lachach Malachaisiyah is referring to? Say to the Torah, yeah, you're my sister. What does it mean Emr Lachachaisiyah Ba'aymer? And also says Kashem Malatzbeachal Kashem Maluach Libecha. So say to you're my sister. Basically, the reason I'm bringing this pasuk is to tell me the same way if somebody were to ask you, are you allowed to marry your sister? What's the answer? No. Did you hem and haw? No. Right. So same thing. The same way you know you're not allowed to marry your sister. So when we learn Torah, we should strive to have clarity. The same way we know the prohibition of a sister. V'yamer koshim atzbezecha, tie it on your fingers, koshim lochibecha, engrave it on your heart. V'yamer kechitzim b'adgibar kem b'nei anurim. This is a fascinating pasuk. Like the arrow in the hands of a strong person, we'll call them a soldier, so too are the children of youth. It's fascinating. There's a few pshatim on this. Rashi gives one shot. Rashi gives one shot that the, the children that you raise eventually assist you. They eventually, uh, they eventually help out. There's another word on this, the Mamish Amistic idea, which is, you know, nowadays the, the influence that people are up against is, is beyond. But it, it doesn't excuse the responsibilities of the home. It doesn't excuse the responsibilities of the home. And the, when somebody shoots an arrow, how do you know if they were on target? Somebody shooting an arrow 100 yards. When it's 10 yards away, is it going to be noticeable how off he is? No. The further away the arrow gets, the more you see that, that, that it was aimed in the wrong direction. That's how it is, like an arrow in the hands of a, of a warrior. Yeah, that as, as adults and as people who are trying to you know, uh, uh, help develop children, develop our children, develop, develop others... Or you could have uh, people, you could have uh, organizations, institutions. Everything very often can look good when you take a close look. When you look, when you, uh, over the course of time, you could see if something was crumb. You could see if something was twisted. Go ahead. I was talking to an ultra-liberal Jewish leader. Yeah. door doors. I mean, that's... Dari Doris, yeah. That's the way they are. Very nice people. Of course. But, so he said, you know, my grandson in California went on a uh, birthright trip. Yeah. Oh, very nice. He liked it so much that he's going back for six weeks to stay studying some courses. Okay. So is that a problem? So I said to him, I said to him, he, he's very close to Baron. You know, Baron, you know. Okay. The Baron family, they were, they, they said, you're kind of sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His father just yeah. died. Yeah, I was there, yeah, I was at the light, yeah. I said, be careful. <laughs> Get too close. You Get too close. Baron, yeah. Baron was a lie. Baron. The <laughs> All right, here we go. Chitzim ki agibur gemirum v'yamer chatzigibar shnunin. The sharp arrows of a strong person v'yamer chatzieh shnunin amem tachtach yiplu. The arrows are sharp, and your the other nations that fight with you will will uh, will fall underneath you. V'yamer asher yiber sher mali es ashposa mihem lo yevayshu ki dabru es oivim b'shar. Okay, very good. So, in other words, you see this expression, it means sharp. That's what we're trying to prove from all this. Sukkim, that vishinantam, 
the shinan is an expression of sharpness. So we should strive that the word Torah should be sharp in our mouths. Okay. Maya Saivan Bashar, what does it mean the enemies at the gate? When you have a father and son or Rebbe and Tamar are learning Torah uh, together, we'll call it in the same court, in the same base medrash. You know what happens? You become enemies to each other. When a person, learn, a father and son learn in Torah, ooh, fireworks, fireworks. However, but ultimately, when, when a, a parent or, and, and child or or a Rebbe and Talmud, go at it, ultimately the goal is to allow you to become much closer, and when there's feelings, when you're both searching for MS, that's what automatically ends up happening. Shem, as it says, es vahiv besufa, you end up with es vahiv in the back, referring to the travels of Klal Yisrael. Altically besufa, ele besaifa. Okay, it doesn't only mean besufa, which is referring to the Amsof. You could also read it besaifa, which means in the end, you end up loving each other when, when everybody's striving for the MS, which is true in homes. Why is there the most strife in homes? Only because we love each other. Only because we love each other. That's why. But that's why. That's what makes it so difficult. See, if I didn't care about somebody, I, there wouldn't be strife. You go do what you want. I don't care about you. I get in tug. Have a wonderful day. But there, there's strife. But when the strife is that because the child wants MS or the spouse wants MS. And I want MS. Not that I want them to do what I want them to do. The search is for, let's do both do the right thing. Even when there's fireworks in the beginning, we come to appreciate each other in the end. The rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis, this is, uh, this is referring to um, uh, placing the words of Torah on your heart. That word can be broken up into two parts. What's Samtam? Nimshala sasam is like medicine. Tom is complete. Nimshala Torah kesam chaim. Torah is compared to a medicine of life. A parable of a person who gave, gave his kid a big patch. Then he gave him a bandage. He says, Bani, my son, keep the bandage on your wound. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Eat what you want. Drink what you want. Go swimming. Go, go in a hot tub. Your mom is good. Not to be concerned about but if you remove the bandage, what's going to happen is you're going to get a, you're going to get a, an infection. my child. I've created the yetzer hara tavlin, and I've created the Torah as tavlin. Tavlin. Oh, so tavlin. People translate this in context as a cure, as an antidote for the Yetzirah. But what's a tavlin really? Spice. A spice. You know the word, say the Bali Musr, Barasi Yetzirah, U Barasi Taira Tavlin. The goal of the Taira is, is not that we should enjoy life less by not listening to the Yetzirah. The goal of Taira is to spice up any Gishmak that the Yitzhahara tells us we're going to enjoy. Yitzhahara says, oh, tell them to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. It'll be Gishmak. Yeah? If you do that thing, whatever it is, in a tired dick away, you're going to enjoy it so much more. You do enjoy it so much more. We get a little taste of this. We get a little taste of this. You know what it is with food? Who are the spice? 
to the Yetzirah, to Taivas, everything. You use your Taivas in a way of Taira, your Taivas will be more Gishmak. Everything's more Gishmak. That's it. It's mamas like a spice. It brings out the flavor. Brings out the flavor. We got a little, that's not the best example. We, get, we have the, the but we, we got a taste of this every time we eat. Every time we eat. You eat, take your favorite food. Whatever it is. Pizza. Okay? You start eating that pizza, it's delicious. Your third slice, it's not delicious anymore. You might still want it because you want to stuff your belly. It's not delicious anymore. Same flavor, nothing changed. But the first two flavors, they're bunch of them wants me to eat. I have it, it's giving me nutrition. It's giving me fuel so that I can function. Once I'm not doing that anymore, it's that you, 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 you lose the geschmack. Oh, Robert says except for, for Jerusalem pizza. Jerusalem pizza, oh, Mamish keeps getting geschmack. Robert, everything in Yerushalayim just gets more and more geschmack. That's everything in Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem. Right? But that's how we, we get a, uh, a little taste of this, of this reality. So, Okay, let's translate this in context. What does it mean? The antidote for the Yitzhahara. If you get involved yourself in Torah, you won't be delivered into the hand of says, If you keep yourself on the path, you will win. If you don't involve yourselves in Torah, you will fall to the Yitzhahara. This is a fact, says the Gemara. We cannot beat the Yitzhahara without Torah in our lives. At times we could be victorious, but we can't vanquish him. Can't vanquish him. We need Torah. Limura Torah. Acting in a way of Torah. Shinamar, as it says, the Pesachatis Revets. As soon as a person enters this world, Sin, the Yitzhahara is crouching over there. All the Yitzhahara wants to do, if I'm not involved in Tyra, is Mamish just go get him, sick him. And you are who he's trying, you're his cheshek. If you want, so then get yourself involved in Tyra and you could beat him. You could rule over him. The Itzahara is so bad that even Hashem calls him bad. See, very often when people create something, they say, oh, the thing that I made is Merdik. Yeah? Wow. What the best thing to ever happen to mankind. The Itzahara is so bad. The Yadda Kodesh Baruch Hu, Yvonne says, oh, that guy, terrible. Yeah? Hashem calls him Rosh. Yeah? Pasuk in the Torah, the Rebbeinu Shalom wrote the Torah. He says, "Ki yitz lavadu." It's Rab Menura of Amar Yitzchak. Yitzchak Shalom is Chaglav B'Chol Yam Yitzchara. Every day comes upon us with a new mahalach, with a new approach. He's got a lot of experience and he's a smart dude. Shemar Rak Rak Kol Yam. It's evil the entire day. The Amar of Shimon Levi. Yitzchak Shalom is Chaglav B'Chol Yam Umbevakish Lamisa. The Yitzchara wants to threatens to kill a person every day. In other words, spiritually. The Russia is looking out for the tzaddik. And what does he want to do? Defeat him. If the Rabbani Shalom wouldn't help us out in Yacholai, there's no way for us to defeat the Yitzhahara. You see from over here two things. Number one, the Yitzhahara is there and the Yitzhahara is out to get us. Two ingredients to beat the Yitzhahara. Number one is keeping the Rabbani Shalom with you. Number two is keeping yourself connected to the ways of Torah. Turn to be Rabbi Shmuel. They learned in the yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel. Bini, my son, in Pagabach Minovol Zet, if this Minovol, this disgusting Yitzhahara, encounters you, 
Mishcheyu lebeisam madris. Shlepim to the base madris. Why? Home field advantage. Yeah, give you home court advantage over here. Drag him into the base madris. Im even who? If he's like a stony muach, he's gonna break apart. In Barzalu, if he's like iron, mispaitse, so melt or break. It's like fire and like a, a rock in the hand of a, 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 a rock in front of a hammer. And it says that the more water, the tires compared to water, hits on stones, the more it breaks it down. Okay. Next. There's a mitzvah of a father to help a son get married. Take wives, have children, and help them get married. It makes sense to help your son get married because it's the father's ability. Is it in the father's ability to marry his daughter off? Usually it's the man who decides, you know, and gets out there to marry the woman. So what are you supposed to do? Yeah, what if nobody wants to marry your daughter? It says the Gemara Hachi Kamar Nitin La Midi Ulevaisha Ulechas Ule Unechasya Kihechi the Kafsu Allah Inchi. It's the father's responsibility to set her up both physically, emotionally, spiritually, so that men will be interested in marrying her. That's the responsibility of the parents to make sure she has nice clothing, she's with the trend, she's with the program, she has the proper etiquette. She's emotionally uh, capable of holding down a family. All this is included in the responsibilities of the parent in, fa- in uh, marrying off their daughter for Shaddach. The Lamda Yomnes. A father is also responsible to teach his son a trade. says, life with the woman that you love. I'm, I'm just learned this this past week in... Uh, um, with uh, with Reb Daif in Kahelis, and Isha Mamishi. If it's referring Mamish to a woman, Kashim Shchayv Lasiya Isha Kachayv Lam Diumnes. Okay, same we just learned you have you have a chiv to uh, help your son get married. So too you have a chiv to to uh, teach him a trade. In Tyre, if the woman in the positive referring to Tyre, Kashim Shchayv Lam Di Tyre Kachayv Lam Diumnes. Either way, teaching us that a parent's obligated to set up his child to earn a livelihood. Some people say even to swim in a nahar. Remember where there's currents. My time was the reason he say he because this is his life. Okay, it's his life. Rabbi Yudaimer, call shein malam de umnes malam de listus. If you don't teach your son umnes, you're teaching him to be a bandit. Says the Gemara, no, you're not. Listus all good idea. You didn't teach him to do bad stuff. I just didn't give him a livelihood. I didn't give him the skills. Elokidu malam de listus. It's as if because if a kid doesn't have skills, what else are they supposed to do? My benayu, iku benayu, the agmarei iska. The difference is if the um, the uh, father trains his son how to be involved in uh, how to be involved in business. Now, the difference between business and umnis is that umnis is a specific craft; it's a skill. So, if a father just teaches his son how the world of business works, that's one thing. You're teaching your child how to be matzliach with money and and to earn a livelihood. You're not teaching kid to be a band, it'll be matzliach. Or does it mean you mamish teach a specific skill that they could use, so then then it wouldn't be enough to just teach them the ways of business. Next part of the Mishnah, We said also all the mitzvahs of the father on the son. Now remember, previously we said 
all the mitzvahs, the son on the father. And how do we translate this? All the mitzvahs that parents have to children. Now, we're going to switch it around. Here we go. What do you mean? All mitzvahs, the father on the son. If you're going to tell me every responsibility the father has to a son, Noshim Chayava, is our women obligated? By the time we just learned in Hebrew, so we learned the past couple daf. It cannot mean that it's referring to parents, uh, a mitzvah that parents have to children, because this part of the Mishnah says that both parents are obligated. Not both parents. Both genders are obligated. So it can't mean that. So what does it mean? What it means is, any mitzvah for a father, both son and daughter are obligated in. So now before we're talking about what parents are obligated to children, now we're going to get involved what children need to do for parents. When it comes to parents need to do for children, father's responsibility for the departments that we listed. When it comes to taking care of your parents, that's men and women. Echad anoshim ve'echad anoshim chayav, they're both obligated. Tanina lotan rabbanon, ish. It says, ish imayv avdiro. A man must fear his father and mother. In the Elish, only a man is responsible to fear his parents. Ish minayin had no that a woman also, kishuayim artira, ooh, they shall fear. Harekan shnayim, it's referring to a woman. Says the Gemara, but why, so why'd you say a man? Why'd you say ish if it refers to women? Imkain. Matam lamar ish. Ish sipak biadalasis. Isha ain't sipak biadalasis. Bibnei isha rishos achirim allah. Okay? But it means like this. Both sons and daughters have complete responsibility to care for their parents. However, a son throughout his life has a responsibility to care for her parents. A daughter, once she's married, is going to have to care for her family before her parents. Her husband and children are going to come before her parents. And therefore it says, ish, we're specifying a man, because a man always, a woman, unless she's married. If she's divorced, which means she's not married. Responsibility to care for your parents is equal upon men and women. Tanar Rabban the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Namar says, honor your parents. Namar Honor Hashem with your money. Connects the midst of respecting your parents to, to uh, respecting HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says, Every man should fear his mother's father. You should fear Hashem. Again, The Torah connects the fear that we have for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to our parents. And therefore, it says, a person who curses his father and mother is chayav misa. A person who, who curses out Hashem will bear his avir. Again, we compare cursing of one's parents to cursing Kaddish Baruch Hu. When it comes to hitting, you can't hit Kaddish Baruch Hu, so you can't, uh, you can't compare it. And this is logical as well. It says the Gemara, beautiful. You know why it's logical? That the same way you spend money on your parents, on the Rebbein Shleilam, you don't curse out your parents. You don't curse out the Rebbein Shleilam. You know why this all, all everybody's got the same halacha here? Shloshton shutfin boy, because all three of them are your parents together. As the Gemara Nida tells us, how is a person made up of 
a father, a mother, HaKadosh Baruch The father gives the bones and the muscles, the white tissue. The mother gives the heart, the red, the, the, the blood, the red blood cells. And the neshama comes from HaKadosh Baruch That's what gives life to the body. The three of them are the makeup of the person and therefore it's all tzazamen. It's all together in all of my responsibilities. We'll hold it here for now. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.